Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The image of Jesus as a shepherd who cares for us, the church, his sheep, is one of the most beloved and endearing images that Holy Scripture gives us. Indeed, we have no shortage of hymns that reflect that, many of which we are singing today on the fourth Sunday of Easter, which is traditionally Good Shepherd Sunday. Martin Luther wrote in the Small Called Articles, one of our Lutheran Confessions. He said, thank God a seven-year-old child knows what the church is. Namely, the holy believers and lambs who hear the voice of their shepherd. There are other images and metaphors that scripture uses to describe what the church is like. For example, St. Peter, who wrote our epistle for today, in the next chapter, chapter 3, he will compare the church to the ark. That when we are baptized into Christ, we are gathered into the safety of the ark. Where the floodwaters rage outside, we are kept safe like Noah and his family. Indeed, that's reflected in our church Architecture, the place where all of you are sitting today, is called the nave. Think naval, think ship. The church is like the ark, and there Jesus keeps us safe. St. Paul will also, in the book of 1 Corinthians, describe the church as the body of Christ. And that's not just a mere image, that's what we are. Jesus is the head, and we have unity with him as members of it, the church, his body. But what St. Luke does in the book of Acts is he stays away from images or metaphors or pictures To help us understand what the church is, he straight up just describes what the church did, what the church looked like after Jesus rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sent his Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And so in verse 42, after Peter had preached in Jerusalem, and some 3,000 people were added to the believers on that day, we read, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Now, each of those things are worth talking about for a brief moment, but first note that the early Christians, after Jesus' ascension and the coming of the Spirit on Pentecost, we read that they devoted themselves to these things. In other words, they persevered in these things. They engaged in these things. They were committed 
to these things. In other words, cast aside the notion that your involvement in a congregation, in the people of God, is a one hour a week, not of the head to God and the things he gives his church, but rather it is to be a Christian's devotion, the center of their lives. And what were those things? The apostles' teaching. It was those apostles who had walked with Jesus, witnessed his miracles, heard his word and his teachings, saw him risen from the dead, and now, filled with the Holy Spirit, proclaimed him, Jesus, the risen Lord, the good shepherd, as the one who fulfills all of Holy Scripture. Again, the first Christians devoted themselves to that teaching, to that doctrine, if you will, that Jesus fulfills all of Scripture. He is risen from the dead and is victorious over sin, death, and the devil. That was the devotion of the first Christians. Next we read they were devoted to also the fellowship. The word here, which we read in our English Bibles as fellowship, actually means sharing together in a common thing. Perhaps the word we're more accustomed to using is communion, which literally means a coming together as one. And so those first Christians recognized that they were to be in unity with one another, gathering together, being together, knowing one another, and bearing one another's burdens, which we will read about further in just a few moments. Next, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. A phrase that St. Luke, who wrote his gospel and the book of Acts, likes to use to refer to Holy Communion, the Lord's table, the body and blood of Jesus. It was in the book of Luke last week in our gospel from Luke 24, where we read that Jesus walked with two disciples on the road to Emmaus. At the end of the day, he sat down at the table with them, broke bread with them, and we read that those disciples knew Jesus, recognized him in the breaking of the bread. And so the first Christians, and God willing us as well, devote themselves to being at the table where Jesus makes himself known to his followers. In a world of so much uncertainty, so much evil, and so much wickedness, when you are looking for a respite, when you are looking for your shepherd, when you are looking for the one who is the redeemer of your soul and the one who will raise you from the dead, you find it in the breaking of the bread. And finally, they devoted themselves to the prayers. I want you to note here that it does not say they devoted themselves to prayer, but to the prayers. You see, Jewish people at the time of Jesus and the time of the early church had an order of worship 
that had been handed down to them, that happened in their homes, that happened in the synagogue, and that happened in the temple. And in large part, the first Christians continued in those ways of worship, being in the word of God, and in prayer. They did so now having those things illuminated by who Jesus is and how he fulfills Holy Scripture. It is actually fascinating to look at the history of our Lutheran worship, which is not uniquely Lutheran. You see elements of it in other churches, and it's rooted in the early church. And there are elements of it that can be traced all the way back to the worship of the Jewish people in the synagogue and in the temple. Indeed, we gather here in this place, and what do we have at the front of our church? An altar. An altar where we do not bring sacrifice, but rather Jesus, our sacrifice, comes to us in our worship. These things, the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers, were not just incidental things and only a small part of the life of Christians. They were their devotion. And indeed, we would do well as the church of God to follow their lead, to devote ourselves to the teaching of the apostles, the word of God fulfilled in Jesus Christ, the witness that he is risen from the dead, doing it together, recognizing one another and the needs of one another and caring for one another, finding our Lord in the breaking of the bread and gathering together in the worship of the church that dates all the way back to even before the time of Christ. That was the substance of the church. The sheep who hear the voice of their shepherd. But Luke tells us the result of a church that was devoted to these things. We read on in our text, awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I want to acknowledge right off the bat that one of the fruits of the apostles and the church's devotion to these things was a certain emotional response. I know we're often reminded as Lutherans that faith is not evident in emotion. We don't look to our emotions to verify whether or not God is at work or the Holy Spirit is present. But boy, is there a joy? Is there a gladness? Is there an effect it has on us to know that Jesus is risen from the dead? To know that because he has conquered death and the grave, 
and united us together as his church, what joy there is in that. Awe came upon every soul. We read, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. They praised God. I think there is room for us to have a bit of emotion, of joy, celebration, that knowing that God is at work, the shepherd is working among his sheep in that teaching of the apostles, in that fellowship, coming to us in the breaking of bread, in the prayers which we gather around. The shepherd speaks to his sheep. We hear his voice. And that ought to gladden our hearts, and indeed, it does. But the thing I want to really emphasize here about this early church after Pentecost, I want you to notice how those in the church were aware of the needs of one another. We, of course, as the church, are to, as the writer to the Hebrews says, fix our eyes on Jesus. And indeed, that is our aim. But remember that fixing your eyes on Jesus is to never come at the expense of those around you. You cannot, for a moment, think of the church where Jesus is the good shepherd as something where you are an isolated part of it. The devotion of the first Christians to these things resulted in them caring for one another, selling their goods so that they could take care of the needs of members of the congregation. And we would do well to remember, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, and I use that phrase all the time, because as I try to reiterate often, we are family. We have one Father and one Lord Jesus who is our Good Shepherd, and we, as fellow children of the Father, are therefore a family. Now, we do well as Christians to remember, and we know this mentally, but in our hearts and in our actions and in the way we live out our lives, perhaps we forget it. There is so much which we place importance on that we cannot take to heaven with us. Our money, our homes, our clothes, our belongings, our possessions, they will not go with us into eternity. But you know what you will take with you into eternity? The Christian sitting next to you. Your fellow believer is of more value than any earthly possession that you have. Because you are a gathering, a fellowship, a communion of those for whom Jesus died and for whom Jesus was raised. We are given no promises 
that if we try to be a church like Acts 2.42, that we're going to somehow automatically be guaranteed growth. That did happen in that early church. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And indeed, there are Christian churches who have said, you know what? If we follow what the church did in those early days, then the Lord will grow us as well. Perhaps. But I want you for a moment to contemplate what it would look like if we devoted ourselves as a congregation to the teaching of the apostles, to our fellowship with one another, to Jesus who is present in the breaking of the bread, and the prayers, the worship of his people. If those things were our devotion, what would our life together look like? If you were as devoted to the people who worship with you here today as you are to your job or your bank account or your retirement or your earthly comforts, if your devotion was to the word of God that proclaims Jesus to the people you worship with, to the breaking of bread where Jesus is for us and in our worship, what would that look like? I dare to say, God would bless that church. The church is indeed holy lambs and believers, as Luther said, who hear the voice of their shepherd, who hear the voice of the one who lays down his life for the sheep. My prayer today is that God would grant us eyes and ears and minds and hearts that would always be fixed on Jesus who speaks to us, who sounds his voice as our good shepherd, but also recognizing we do it together. We do it as fellow sheep of the shepherd. And I pray that you would look at those around you today, those gathered in worship and praise of the risen Christ, those who will come together in the breaking of the bread and realize what an eternal treasure you have in your fellow sheep who all, like you, are loved by the shepherd. The Lord bless our life together as sheep of the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, our risen Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.